Welcome to Ongoing Mastery, Presenting and Speaking. It's a podcast and a community. I'm Kirsten Rourke, speaker, presenter, and founder of Rourke Training. And this is Kelly. Hey there, I'm Kelly, producer, writer, and herder of cats. Oh, so many cats. After over 20 years as speaker and presenter, I've seen it all, and I'm sharing it with you. Ongoing Mastery is about continual improvement of your craft. You'll learn tips and hear from industry leaders. I'll tell you straight up what works and what doesn't so you can thrive. Let's get started. Welcome to episode number four. Today, we're going to talk about what it was like at NSA Influence, the value of speaker friends, and what it was like to be around so many people for the first time since the pandemic started. That was quite the adventure. I don't know if you guys have been to the Opry Convention Center in Nashville. I have never been before. And if you take all of Disney and put a roof over it, it's kind of like that. How do you put a roof over something like that? Well, let's just say that if you're going, bring sneakers because you're going to be walking for miles. They have a full, they have at least one full waterfall. There's an escape room. There's, I, Oh, my God. Just go to the website and take a look. It's amazing. Link is in the show notes. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because I have been to a lot of conventions. This is the first convention I've been to that was all speakers. And why does that make a difference for you? Well, speakers are generally usually extroverted. We really like the sounds of our own voice. We tend to be more talkative. We tend to have more energy. And at a convention, I go to conventions for two reasons. I go to conventions to speak and to see my speaker buddies. That's why I go. When I get went to this, instead of it being 15, 30, maybe 50 speakers with hundreds and hundreds of attendees, it was hundreds and hundreds, possibly a thousand speakers all in one spot. That's got to be a different kind of energy. It was completely different. You know, at a convention, when you accidentally make eye contact with somebody on the elevator and then you don't actually talk to that person, you just have glanced at them and then you, you, you walk away, right? As a native New Englander, I would be horrified to strike up a casual conversation because we made eye contact for 10 seconds. Except at Influence, that happened all the time. Anytime I caught anybody's eye, the running joke became that one of us would lead with, so what do you speak about? And everybody spoke to everybody all the time. That sounds really welcoming and inviting. And exhausting. And exhausting. So it was really, really good, but in episode number five, we're going to talk about energy versus time. Managing your energy, super important. Stay tuned. So I definitely want to bring up that while NSA itself was very welcoming, the space was energetic, it was connected, the group of NSA Rainbow Speakers, led by Robbie Samuels, who we know from Innovation Women. We interviewed Bobby Carlton last week. 
And that group is a visibility group that tries to make sure there's more spaces on more stages for women to speak. But everybody's welcome. Robbie's a member of the group. You could be too. It's a really wonderful space that Robbie's created at the NSA Rainbow Speakers Group because I'm used to as an ally coming in and being on the side. It's not my group. Right. Supportive, but not hogging the spotlight. Except that Robbie has a completely different perspective. Every person in that room was equally welcome, equally joined, and the energy was so kind and generous. It was one of the best groups I've ever been in at a conference. That sounds really revitalizing, energy giving. It really was, which was super helpful because I spent a lot less time attending things at the conference than I had planned because I didn't factor in the intensity of being around that many speakers. Good for you. Which is what actually everybody said. I was kind of surprised. I expected to get some friction for not going to things, but that's not what happened. Because everybody is in the same experience group. This is what they do. And so they know what the energy is like and how you have to take your own best steps. Yeah, you have to harvest your own energy, take care of yourself. I even attended a mental health event seminar inside this conference about taking care of yourself as a speaker. It was wonderful. I think that's great that they actually had that on the agenda as a topic that's important enough to schedule a session for, that it wasn't just people in side conversations talking about this. And I, I'm not going to say anything about the fact that when Danny signed me up for events at this conference, she picked what I was attending and three of them were about burnout. That That's just a, that's that doesn't mean anything, does it? Coincidence. Total coincidence. But what I wanted to bring up about influence was it was wonderful. I'm glad I went. There was an amazing speech. And I want to talk about the journey that people bring their listeners, their audience on when they're doing big speeches. There was a speaker from NASA who was one of the leaders and gives speeches about learning from failure. And it was a powerful, big speech off the main stage to large group of National Speakers Association speakers. It was a big, big deal. Learning from failure is essential because we're all going to make mistakes and we need to be able to learn the lesson and move on. And incorporate the lesson. I'm glad he was there. I'm glad I heard that speech. And I did leave the room twice because I had to cry. That's not good. So the reason I'm bringing that up is not to give the guy a hard time because he did a great job. That was a big stage. He gave a practiced, well-rehearsed, powerful oratory. And when you take people on a journey, an emotional journey, I believe that it is on you to bring them at the end to a place where they leave inspired or upbeat or optimistic rather than, in this case, devastated. You don't want to leave your audience feeling raw. So what happened is he was showing the various accidents that have happened. And 
I happen to feel maybe more connected. I don't know. My uncle worked with NASA and Hamilton Standard, connected to the spacesuit program, wrote the definitive book on spacesuits, which we will link to in the show notes. And I, you know, not everybody is used to going to their grandmother's house and finding a spacesuit hanging in the bedroom. That did not happen at my grandmother's house. It really should have. It's a common occurrence. I think everyone has that experience, not just me. And when I asked my uncle for my then, I think, four-year-old son, I wanted him to have some coloring book from NASA that he could play with. My uncle provided me pages from an engineering specifications manual. As one does. As one does. So when he played the audio of Mission Control calling to the astronauts and the astronauts not responding for Challenger, I was very blessed by having people to the left and to the right of me that I had just met who were kind and compassionate people. And I'm shouting up both of them in the notes. Lovely, lovely folks. One of them put his hand on my shoulder and said, why don't you take a walk? And I, because we were by the door, I stood up, I walked out, and I started ugly crying by the time I hit the hallway. I don't think I could have made it to the hallway. When Challenger was lost, I was in high school and we watched it on TV. It's it's still an incredibly powerful moment decades later. And... The speech ended with a song called 16 Minutes from Home. It's a beautiful song. It is a painful song about the crew not making it home. They they died 16 minutes from home. And at that moment, I noped right out of that room again. That was it. I was done. When I came back, My new friends were sitting there and they looked bothered. And they both said, essentially, that in their beliefs and in my belief too, when you take people on an emotional journey like that, you want to think in terms of the end of that journey. Where are you leaving people? It's not that it's wrong to have people have a strong reaction to your work. But NASA's mission is about inspiration. And having that song at the end was heavy. And if he'd cut the song down to like 15 seconds of audio and then gone right into a rousing, inspirational landing on Mars, future of travel, it would have been a completely different experience. Just a couple days after this speech, On July 12th, the James Webb Space Telescope released its first pictures, and they are literally awesome and stunning and are revising by the second what we know about the furthest reaches of the universe. They literally inspire awe. So as presenters and speakers... When you are thinking about the emotional journey that you are taking people on, because when you are speaking, when you are presenting, you are always connecting with human beings. That is your job. That is our craft. You are never just talking. It's a communication. It's an inspiration. That's what we do. What is the Rourke training number one rule? 
Rule number one, if your presentation or speech is not in any way modified or impacted by the audience that you have, it should be a video. Now, if you are new to this craft and the idea of adapting what you're doing live is terrifying, which it can be, what you could do is something I heard from someone recently that was pretty brilliant. She said, I'm too scared. So what I do is I practice and then I record a video and then I put a LinkedIn live event up and I put the video up and I go into the chat and I attend it and I talk to people in the chat live while it's happening. So the work is delivered, but I'm still present. And I love that way of addressing something that the speaker feels is a problem and also engaging with the audience. Because when you're doing this work, it is literally about one of two things, conversation or inspiration. That is the heart and soul of every presentation or speech, period. That's all we do. And if you're not doing that, then you might as well be in an empty room with no audience ever. We're doing a podcast. This is asynchronous communication. I am communicating with you. Kelly is communicating with you, the listener. And we're going to go to the comments later and see what people say and comment back and have a conversation that's asynchronous. And where are we going to be doing that? We're going to be doing that on the LinkedIn group for ongoing mastery, presenting, and speaking. Now, I will say that going into the internet and having conversations can occasionally be fraught. So you do have to factor in that sometimes people will come to your stuff and they will comment and they will be the either intentional or unintentional troll that week. And you have to plan for that. But most of the time, people will be commenting because they'll tell you what they got out of it or what they need next or something they learned. And that is valuable because we are all on the same mission of ongoing mastery of our craft. So Kirsten, just to be clear, are you saying that speakers need to play it safe with their content? Only if that's your branding. If you are someone whose vision and voice is geared towards every event planner knows you will never ever say anything even slightly risque, then you should play it safe because that's your voice. If your voice is more like my voice, little edgy, little edgy, then no. But you always have to keep in mind that it's a conversation. It is an inspiration. It is a communication with human beings. If you are not talking to humans, what is the point? It is part of owning your room to attend to what your audience needs to get from what you're saying. And because of that, you need speaker friends. You need presenter friends. You need people who understand the work and can give you feedback. I just did a presentation for the Forbes Business Council that I watched the recording and instantly went, oh God, I was too fast. So I asked Kelly to review it for me. It was standard New England speedy, but it wasn't only New Englanders listening. And so maybe 
adjusting speed downward a half tick for a broader audience would be a more effective talk. And that said, I did do a speed check during the event. I checked with the people who were live there to make sure my pacing was okay. So you're always going to be growing. You're never done. And that's not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. Think about it this way. If you ever tank any speech, any presentation, it's one blip in time. It never continues. You have a moment and you go, oh, that didn't work. And then you grow from it. We're never done growing. I think that is a fantastic place to wrap. Your voice matters. Find people who understand the power of that. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for Ongoing Mastery Presenting and Speaking, the podcast for everyone who wants to work on their own skills and lift up others. If you enjoyed this episode, continue the conversation on our Ongoing Mastery LinkedIn group. The link is in the show notes. Share the love on social media and tell your friends about the podcast. Be sure to catch our next episode and hit the subscribe button. Until next time, that's a wrap.